0: It's IPC. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. It was abrupt ending there. But this mobile payment development is really is, is turning out to be big. And and I would think, you know, look, China's way ahead of us on this. You know, like 35% of their uh, payments are, are via mobile application. And, you know, we're probably fifth or sixth at 8.8%. And we've been doing credit cards for a long time. Uh, you know um now we still as far as ipay is concerned united states is still number one at 83 percent it's just all payments you know not just ipay but uh you know pay there's people like paypal fisers wirecard america express mastercard visa you know they're the big ones but these companies uh do not look like they're going away and if anything they're going to get uh bigger and better and uh i own a, several of these names uh and I think it, if you don't own them, you should. And we'll just leave it at that. Um, Lori Calcevina this week and her team, they published a cautious note with a, a shift to defensive position ahead of the market opening. Uh, it was Friday. Um, her team sees uh, more downside throughout the summer as the possibility of a trade deal continues to dwindle. Uh, look, investor expectations for, a, for earnings reset would likely need another earnings season to be completed. That's why I talked about two seasons or, you know, it'll be uh, kind of a wishy-washy market, a sloppy market for some time. I'm saying that for about a month now. So she she further highlighted her concern uh, that the facts that buybacks are growing in their importance to the equity market support. Uh, so if they slow these things down, we could be in in, in trouble. So. Now, her opinion is that valuation remains a bit elevated using a blend of multiples, but the silver line is that the more the market declines, the more appealing the multiples become, okay? she's She upgraded utilities again to overweight from market weight. She went from underperformed to market weight about this time last spring because uh, it's immune to China, that's what it comes to, and the U.S. elections, by the way. And energy downgraded to market weight from overweight. Uh, energy, Energy, the actual oil went up. Not not many of the energy stocks did, uh, and she downgraded materials too. So uh, materials don't look so great. Look, it's summer, and if you look at summer, it, this is one of the worst May's I can remember uh, for a long, long time. But you know they say go go away in May and come back on All Souls' Day. Uh, and they, by the way, that's Halloween, just for everybody who has hasn't been around the block a couple times. Uh, but look. The Dow Jones and the S and P 500's performance uh, over the summer months has been point six percent, and so it hasn't been great. The, you know, the two best times by far to invest are are spring and fall. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, spring and winter, and 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 uh, fall, and then summer's last. Uh, you know, so if you took ten thousand dollars and you just uh, invested in this in the summer, you you barely have. Uh, Fourteen. Uh, this is from 1958 till today. If you did it in uh, winter or spring, uh, you'd, you'd have in the 50s. So uh, there's a big difference. One of the things that really worries me a little bit is that the 30-year treasury or the gov- long government bond uh, is probably one of the best-looking charts, and it's got a 4.12 rating on the graphing average score that our friends at Dorsey Wright provide us <laughs> – and that's not what you want. That that means they think long-term yields are coming down, which means short-term yields are coming down or the curve goes even more inverted. Okay. Uh, I sent out a piece this week. If you're on my list, you got it. If you didn't, sorry about that. That's your problem. Not mine. You got to call me uh, or email me, which you can get on my webpage, by the way. Uh, so look, I, I think yields important. I've been buying yield stocks for some time. I've been talking about, you know, REITs and utilities l- last year, this time, I, 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 I sent a note out to any, everybody in the spring that was on my list. I said, better get your ducks in order. This has been a long period of time, and I don't think it's over. I think you got another two quarters at least, if not three quarters, of this sideways movement, okay? So, uh, you know, get used to it is what I'm trying to tell you. Um, all right, so what are some other things I'm seeing? Uh, healthcare. Uh Healthcare seems to be leading the way. And, uh, it's not biotech. It's not, well, drugs are holding up pretty well, most of them anyway, except for the generic drugs, because it seems like, uh, the, the, the administration's after the, uh, generic drug people. Uh, but, you know, there's the Medicare for all. Uh, there's some pr- pricing concerns in, in the, uh, um, drug area especially the generic drug you know they're talking about them keeping him up uh you know uncompetitive shall we say uh and car t research is is an area i think is really going to be big but most of the stuff that i'm seeing is in the medical tech area all right those are the that's the group you want to pay attention to and you want to avoid anybody that that uh sold OxyContin. anyway and as far as fixed rates are concerned um or fixed income is concerned i, I still think municipals especially short term municipals boy they got a nice yield on them and that, that's where i'd be going if i were a income buyer um we we are seeing rates decline it looks like bob dickey's uh, winning uh, between bob him and bob schleimer who's uh, fundstrat's uh, head guy and it doesn't look like we're out of this you know uh, a bear market for yield uh, that started back in 1990 uh, 1980 um I am seeing a couple things I don't like. The NASDAQ uh, 100 index looks like it made a lower high. Uh, the semiconductors are right where their support. I noticed they bounced even on Thursday. Uh, gave up a little bit on Friday, but there were several of them still up. So that was good. Uh, I'm not liking a few of the things I'm seeing in some of the big names uh, that were winners for the last 10 years. Let's call it that way. Uh, am I calling the market top? No, I just think there's a, going to be a big switch in leadership. I've been saying that for some time now and I probably won't. The VIX chart looks <laughs> exceptional. And the VIX chart is the volatility index and volatility is the fear index. And it looks pretty good, <laughs> which is not what you want to see. Cause that obviously when fear goes up, uh, volatility, volatility goes up and, uh, the rest is, you know, history. um, you know, I was going to talk about PMOs, but I don't think I have time, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move, move on. Uh, high-yielding stocks uh, look like they're a place to be, okay? Uh, there's a lot of money going into master limited partnerships, especially the ones that are, are, well, there's upstream, midstream, and downstream. Midstream, they don't care about what the price of oil is usually. And I still own a couple of those, uh, and they look good. But some of the higher priced uh, names look fairly good, um, and I'm also seeing that a lot of the um, higher yielding stocks are looking pretty good. Now, I also think that you know when the market goes down, you got to be careful with high yield bonds. So be careful there. I would suggest that's that's a problem. Um, oh boy! Oh, there's. Lost my place, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, uh, there's some other things I'm seeing that I, I uh, kind of like. And let me get to those. Um, like I said, healthcare is important. But I think, I, you know, I, I expected a trading rebound this week, and I didn't see it. So that's kind of interesting. But we are getting to oversold lows, I think, uh, getting close, uh, especially as in the select industrial commodities. I think that the problem is that declining weekly momentum in bond yields and industrial commodities remain headwinds. Uh, you know, you can't, when those are all going together, the economy is not in great shape. So you got to start paying attention. Now, I, I did see, uh, like, I looked at some of the financials, and I, and I liked I liked some of the brokers and some of the fintech stocks. Those look really good. Healthcare looks exceptional. There's three or four stocks there that look pretty good. And I think, uh, you know, the, the semiconductors are trying to make a bottom. Now, the relative performance is still intact in for the S&P 500 via bonds. So it's a better place to be than bonds. And remember, I, I talked about a sloppy scenario, and I said it'd probably be, you know, two, three quarters, and maybe even 12 months. Who knows? It'll, it'll take that long. Um, a couple things is that the, on the weekly S&P 500, we're still overbought on a momentum scenario, and it, and it turned negative on us. But the the, the uh, quadrant balance data, which is a uh, measure of stocks with positive weekly momentum, looks like it's, it's getting close to a bottom. You know, the Russell uh, is ch- challenging the low end of a two-month uh, range, which is not good. And the, and the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is not good at all. So but I will say the daily quadrant balance uh, measuring the rising daily momentum is really oversold in that group, so who knows. And growth versus value... Um, has been even Steven now for about two months, and we've been talking about this growth versus value thing uh, being you know played out, and, and we've been talking about. It. I've been showing it to my clients all along. If you'd like to see what I'm talking about, uh, give us a call at the office. That's 888 eight 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 two two three seven seven four two, or eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. The Shanghai index is right at important support. We'll see if that uh, turns. Bond yields uh, at two point one looks like they're going to two point oh five. I will say one thing about bond yields is the weekly uh, momentum RSI momentum is extremely oversold, uh, and the other thing is if you have high yield bonds, I notice the relative performance versus the TLT or the regular bonds has broken down. So you, you know, they could be making a lower high. So you want to be more careful with those, um, and then the the dollar stopped twice at ninety nine or ninety eight point three two two. Uh, so that might be a double top. Who knows? Uh, if the dollar were to decline, you know, value stocks go up; dollar goes up, value stocks go down. Who knows? Uh, crude oil futures broke down terribly this week. Uh, gold is still in that huge triangle pattern. Um, I mean, in the relative performance versus copper is very positive. Copper's out the lunch. Um, growth and cyclical leadership has been churning. Uh, I would use pullbacks if I were you guys to look at in some of the insurance the the financials they're starting to look much much better like uh the relative performance has broken their downtrend line versus the s and p 500. and the relative performance of healthcare is really looking good versus the s and p 500. Um, also uh the uh uh medical devices are looking really really good uh that that's a group where i'd really i got three stocks I really really like in that area. Uh, Technology still looks like it's got some room to go. The relative performance is starting to give up a little bit. Software is still, you know, relative performance is better. I'm starting to see uh, a lot of those stocks get beat up. Look, we've been in them for a year. They've been doing great. Uh, The semiconductor group is not turning so, looking so good. I'm seeing a... Okay, we're back. Um... You know, one of the groups that I talked about last year in March and April was the real estate group. And man, you know, I only bought three or four of them and I wish I would have bought 50 of them because they, they're still strong. Uh, you know, they're yield oriented. And uh, the thing about REITs and, is they have to pay you 85% of the distribution has to be 85% of your earnings or they can't be, be a REIT anymore. So, uh, you know, as earnings go up, so don't, the, so don't your numbers, which is really kind of a nice place to be. Um, by the way, we did say, and you can look back if you want to go back and check the show and see if I'm telling the truth, go to, uh, you, you go to WHK 1420 AM there, the, you know, the, uh, the radio stations, uh, webpage and just, you know, go to local podcasts, go down to Tim Hayes and, you know, you can get to my webpage from there fairly easy. It's just, you click on it, you're there. Uh, but they also, hold the podcast for about a year, year and a half. So, uh, you know, you can go back and, you know, go look in, uh, 2018 in March and April. And uh, you'll hear, you hear me say that a couple of times. Uh, but they've, you know, and we said utilities too. Uh, you remember buy yield when was up was what we were talking about back then. So anyway, um, we, uh, also, uh, and by the way, I have several real estate investment trusts that still look good. All right. Still look good. Uh, and a, a couple that are kind of real estate investment trusts, but are kind of more tower companies. But anyway, we, we always talk about the bullish percent because it keeps us out of trouble. And what, what it does is it, when it turns down uh, we get, we get a little more defensive. Now there are other things that go along with it with like, which is the top asset class in the group. And usually that is, you know, a big determinant. Like in 2007, domestic equities were the lowest asset class. Uh, therefore, you didn't want to be in them. And we said several times uh, because of that, that the money market would outperform the stock market over the next year. Not many people listen, but, you know, uh, they they listen now, I think. <laughs> but the bullish percent was designed as a risk management program. And, and all it does is tells you how many stocks are on point on point and figure ch- ch- uh, chart buys versus sells. And when you start You know, when you move up the ladder pretty quick and you get to overbought status and you start seeing the sales come in, that's when you want to be more defensive. Distribution happens a lot faster than accumulation. So anyway, this was designed by a protege of Charles Dow. And what he wanted to do is be bullish at the bottom and bearish at the top. So he has a chart from zero to 100. and figure charts are just X's and O's. And when you're in a column of X's, you have the offensive team on the field. When you're a column of O's, you have the defensive team and depending on what Dynamic asset level vesting says if domestic equities are number one asset class like they are right now, you know, you could be more heavily into uh, uh, domestic equities. If they're the lowest form of life like they were back in 2007 and 8, you want to be a lot more cash oriented. okay? Uh, and then there's two key uh, areas. Seventy is the red zone. That's when things are too hot to handle. And 30 is the green zone. That's when everybody's crying in their beard. It's the best time to buy. So we were just at 56, and I said, you know, i I I been pointing out that I was getting a little nervous, and uh, sure enough, we got beat up, and now we're at 46. So, uh, you know, I I sent an email out that said we were 41. That's the the overall bullish percent for all universes. Uh, The New York Stock Exchange bullish experience at 46, so my apologies to everybody. Uh, It would not reverse up till 54. Uh, It was down 3% this week. The -the over-the-counter index is at 39. It wouldn't break down to 38, so we're getting close, so be careful. Uh, the world index is uh, in, a, in a column of O's. By the way, New York Stock Exchange is in a column of O's. The of the counter index is in a column of X's, which means you still have the ball for a while. Uh, and it's at 38, so that's getting pretty close to the promised land. Uh, now, if you look at the Dow Jones chart, we broke some major support, and, and I would suggest that support looks to me um, like 2,400. But the 100-point chart of the Dow Jones has given its third consecutive sell signal. With the move to uh, 2,500. And that's right beside, you know, its downside objective was 25,000. So uh, we got there Friday. The next support would be 2,900. And then the next support would be about 2,400. I think it goes to 2,400. Uh, And I'm not looking at a point and figure chart. I'm looking at the regular charts. Uh, It's worth noting that um, thus far, the recent correction has come within the confines of an overall positive trend. Okay. We were too overbought in 2018. That's the key. What's very interesting is that utilities, uh, had the, the biggest directional move to, to the upside. Uh, and real estate was number two. Um, technology was number three. The index funds were number four. I think the people are finding out that index funds don't always go up. Uh, but I, the high yield groups, um, you know, is, is something that I think you've got to be worried about because, remember, high-yield bonds tend to be a stock surrogate, okay? So be a little bit more careful with those. But the utilities and the, the REITs are looking pretty good at this point. Um, I I did notice dynamic asset-level investing, that utilities jumped over industrials uh, in dynamic asset-level investing. So, you know, we like equal weight versus capitalization weight. We like large-cap growth, small-cap growth, and mid-cap growth. Although they did lose ground, Okay, and then technology, utilities are number two now, industrials, communications, uh, financials and healthcare uh, gained about three or four spots. Um, The medical devices were responsible for 100 percent of it. Uh, So, you know, look, I think there's a couple ways you can buy utilities. And I I, they broke a double top this week uh, or the XLU did. And that's that's what a lot of people use. That's the spider uh but there's other there's a lot of other ones uh like momentum there's a momentum portfolio that looks pretty good uh, there's you know a few of those and they've broken several tops uh which is really kind of interesting and then there's an equal weight uh uh one that is also very interesting so there's lots of ways to play utilities these days and i think with the recent action in in the dow jones uh has become the most oversold it's been since december of 2018 and we saw a reading of 83.5%. So we're getting close, folks. It's just not happening yet. Uh, I did notice, you know, I, I talked about the, uh, XLG and the QQQs being overbought for 18 straight weeks. They're now negative for four straight weeks, but everything's been negative for four straight weeks, uh, in, in our universe, uh, the United States in universe. So I think what you're going to have to see is you're going to have to look at some, you know, the chart patterns to see where you know a good buying area might be. Right now, I just don't see it. Uh, now, I see several stocks that are holding up, and I'm not going to tell you which those are. Those are for my clients, but uh, we're down to eight positive groups, eight favored groups, and uh, electric utilities are now at 70. So you've got to be careful how you buy these. That's why I was suggesting eight ETFs and individuals. Waste management's at 65. I noticed like eight waste management stocks that broke out on Thursday. And then at 50... We have software, medical, aerospace, and housing. And then at 45 is protection services. And by the way, housing, you know, it's kind of interesting because the, you know, the millennials are getting kind of spoiled because they're, the, uh, mortgage rate is below 4% again. So most of the time they've been out of college, been below 4%. You know, maybe they didn't have the money to buy something. I understand that, but, uh, It's not going to last that way forever because you know when I (laughs) when I grew up, uh, we bought our first house with a fourteen percent mortgage, and uh, it was my brother was drooling out of both sides of his mouth because he had a seventeen or something like that. And then finally, the other, the final favored group is is telecommunications or or telecom, I should say, at forty. We now have uh, six groups thirty or under. uh, So we'll watch for those to turn back up. Uh, I, I did notice that like healthcare. Household goods, media, uh, transports and, and Wall Street are all in bull confirmed status. So they're, they're not all favored, but they are, you know, they're positive. So just, you know, we're looking for <laughs> neat things that could be good for us. As far as, uh, uh, groups, semiconductors, computers went to average this week. Uh, electric, uh, electrical products and leisure went to under, uh, uh, under, um, unfavored. And then restaurants, or no, I'm sorry, retail went to, they're out out the door. Retail's getting killed right now again. Uh, the number one group this week was long the U.S. government long bond. Uh, India and Russia were right behind it. And and what's interesting uh, is, you know, I, I talked about some of the foreign groups, and several of them are still up for the year. Okay, and they they stopped going down about two weeks ago. All right, so they they got beat up a little bit. They but now they're turning back up. One of the groups, I, you know, one of the areas I really like is India. Um, India has held up fairly well during this whole fiasco. Uh, they're not involved in any trade wars. You know, things are going well for them. And then the second thing is, you know, we talked about the U.S. Treasury, and we said that Bob Dickey was looking at 2%, and Bob Schleimer was looking, you know, to stay between 2.5 and 2.8. So far, Bob's right. Bob Dickey's right. Uh, you know, because we felt to 2.17 or 1.5 or something like that on Friday. So, uh, you know, if the 30-year, which really got beat, you know, the 30-year yield really came down hard, it was almost at uh, 3.4. It's now at 2.67. So that's a big move. Somebody made a lot of money if they went long the bond. Um, but the asset class, uh, obviously the best one is, is the, uh, the long bond. Um, as far as commodities are concerned, you know, uh, oil had been positive for 18 weeks. I said, watch out. It's been negative now for about five uh, gold just turned positive this week and copper and corn uh, and, and corn turned uh, positive this week. Copper's hitting new lows. Uh, that's not good. You know, you don't, <laughs> the economy doesn't go very far without copper. I'll just say that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, new lows for the year, not new lows for copper. My apologies. So, uh, you want to be, conti- and then lumber is also in the same spot. And you would think that, uh, uh, you know, look, there's a lot of older people that are not leaving their homes, so they got to build new homes for the millennials. You'd think uh, lumber would be doing well. Relative strength uh, buy signals. Remember, some of these happen and they stay for a long, long time. Uh, so you should be writing these names down Cohen and Steers. They're the guys that know the real estate investment trust market very, very well. Eight by Eight Technology Services, Genesee in Wyoming own a little bit of that. Van Hawa, Insulate, which is Medical Products, USA Today, which is. Uh, uh, kind of a little interesting uh, company, and Kyrofarm uh, Therapeutics, which is a little $5 stock, uh, Iovance, which had a big move last week, and Peg Seguera Digital. Uh, on the sell side, now this is where you want to take a look at your, your numbers and make sure that you're you're right, okay? Uh, Aero Electronics, Brinker International, Foot Locker, Farrow, McDermott International, there's a stock that went from, Four bucks straight up to ninety, and straight back down to six. E plus industrial uh, goods, uh, prime water that that made a nice movement from four to like twelve. Uh, Webster Financial, West Banco, Tilly's, La Jolia Pharmaceuticals, California Resources, Pure Storage, Mid States Petroleum, and Peabody Energy, and then Penn Virginia and Delphi in the in the uh, car business. Hey, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is Martin Investor Show. okay we're back and now we talk about the insiders uh once again we we have a methodology, methodology easy for me to say that works we start from the top we talked about the the economy the internet of things some of the big things happening and now we've come down and we talked about uh some stocks that had relative strength buy signals and now we're going to talk about some stocks where insiders buy insiders are notoriously early We're not looking for 2,000 or 3,000 shares. We're looking for big money. Okay? Big money. And uh, the bigger, the better. Because people sell stocks for a lot of reasons buy their new house, buy their new Porsche, whatever it may be. They buy for one, especially in the open market. And here's an interesting one because it's a low priced one and it's got killed. It was $20 back in November. It's now $2.55. And a director bought uh, $1.25 million worth. It's called Oncosec Medical. Uh, And I've been noticing uh, a lot of buying in the uh, entertainment field. Remember, we talked about Lionsgate a while back. And here's Discovery Channel. Uh, The CEO bought a million dollars worth. You know, this was back in uh, December was a uh, $34 stock. It's now a $27 stock. And Trexon, we have, you know, Randall Kirk, he just bought another like $2.6 million worth of stock or $3.6 million worth of stock in the last two days. Now, th- look, this guy is a pretty bright guy. And uh, I'm going to talk about one of his competitors uh, coming up here. And the Forbes called him the greatest biotech investor of our time. Now, he's, he's gone in some hard times, but he is one of the smartest guys I've ever listened to, bar none, Okay. And so this Intrexon is, is an interesting thing. It's a $4 stock. It was a $75 stock at one time. And he already owns like 15%, 16% of it. And I think he just bought another 4 or 5%. What's interesting about this one is like 50% of the, of the float is short. I don't know if I'd be betting against this guy. Another guy that's really, really smart, and we talked about him last week, is Alex Denner. And Alex runs uh, Sarisa Capital Management, which is a big he, you know they call him one of the top uh, 20 biotech investors of our time and he just bought some medicine company just a week ago uh, and then he just bought another 2.9 He bought two different purchases 1.74 1.21. And now Sarisa, uh has a 5.62 stake in medicine companies. That's kind of interesting. Um, oops I put some they also bought uh, a 6.1 stake in Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. Uh, that was just listed, so uh Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. So the, Alex Denner is a smart guy. I I mentioned that last week. And then um Catalent, which is a, uh, a a generic drug company, their president of gene therapy just bought 2 million dollars worth of stock. That's kind of I, I love when presidents, you know, and CEOs buy and those type of people. And Cady, you know, we've talked about the insiders buying here a lot. Uh Last week, there was a ton. The week before, there was a ton more. Um, and I'm talking about the consumer goods product now. The president just bought another $4 million worth. And Glaxo Holdings, which continues to hit new lows, but the Glaxo, the parent company, keeps buying about $5 million worth of stock. Uh, just bought another 5.4. Uh, bought 5.8 uh, about a week ago. Uh, right around the 39 area. It's around 38.78. Popped up to 40. Came back. Um, now here's an interesting. There's a company called Endologics, and uh, Corab Capital Management reported a seven point stake uh, that that they just you know just bought some more uh, just this last week. So now here's one that is really interesting. There's a guy named Robert McEwen, and and Robert McEwen uh, did some amazing things in gold. I mean, if you had Goldcorp, uh, he I bought the stock when he first bought it at like two bucks. Uh, I sold mine. You know, he, he, he ran it up to 44 bucks and dumped it. And I, I think I sold mine very close to that, if not down a little bit, but he owns, he owns like seventy seventy eight million 78 million shares. And he just bought 1.72 million. The other thing is that eight others bought this, bought between 50 and 50,000 between five and 50,000 shares this last week. So that's very interesting. Uh, so McEwan mining is in the gold business and, uh, it's been around for a while now. uh, Lowe's company, uh, Marv Ellison, bought uh, $995,000 worth of it. He's president and CEO. The stock got beat up. It was one hundred and twenty back in May, or April, I guess it was. It's now ninety-three. dollars uh, You like seeing guys buy when the thing's down. And then uh, uh, Maycom Technology Solutions. Now, this is kind of an interesting one. It's in the uh, technology. It's a semiconductor uh, equipment company. Um, they had... Uh, a group who owns a, a lot of it <laughs> uh, buy quite a bit more. Uh, matter of fact, in May twenty second, they bought a hundred thousand. They bought seven hundred ninety uh, seven hundred ninety five thousand. They bought another five hundred thirty thousand uh, on the on the twentieth and the thirteenth. So uh, th- this is a, a fairly smart group of investors, shall we say? Regional management Basswood Partners uh, uh, bought uh, quite a bit. Uh, they bought $3.15 million worth just recently. So that's kind of interesting. Now, here's one that I really like because, look, there's a lot of problems out in Missouri, Arkansas, Oklahoma with flooding. And that's where they make a lot of our wheat and our corn. And corn and wheat were up, you know, I said this last week, We're up limit, okay, two days in a row. So... uh what we had was Continental Grain, which is a private company, buy a hundred sixty thousand shares of Bungie at fifty-one fifty. Plus, uh, the CEO bought three point three million. Plus, a director bought one million. That it intrigues me because uh, you know Bungie can go up a lot if if there's a gra- if problem in the grain business, and then if you know Zillow, uh, which is kind of technology real estate, um, a, a gentleman, a director bought. $87.6 million dollars worth. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a whole lot. And then also SeaWorld Entertainment, you know, after a big rise in the stock, almost a $6 rise to uh, $31, Hill uh, Path Capital bought $352,945 million dollars worth twice. That's a lot. That's not chump change, folks. And then our, our good friend Richard Kinder is at it again. Uh, he he's been buying since the stock uh, at Kinder Morgan since it was fourteen It's now nineteen ninety one. He bought another five point nine million, and then uh, communication systems, this little two dollar stock, where well, one of the directors bought five point five six seven. I think the what's really interesting about that is management had been a seller for a good length of time now. So uh, uh, and then AGNC Investment Corp, uh, the CEO CEO bought one point seven million and then two others, but uh, 130,000. So um, you got three buyers, but the CEO, that's, you know, you want to see the CEOs and the CFOs buy. Um, accelerated Diagnostics. Here's a guy, Jack Schuler, and boy, he knows his stuff. Trust me. You look up Jack Schuler; He's director of Accelerated di- Diagnostics. He's got a great background, but he bought 50,000 on the 22nd he bought another 19,000 on the 23rd. He bought another 10,000 on the 24th he bought another 20 uh 32,000 on the 28th so now he owns 15.4 million shares i believe that's about 22% of the company so he's stocking up <laughs> uh it, it's got a interesting product by the way if they get it going uh, we'll we'll see So the market major indexes are in corrections uh, that we think have no clear bottom yet. Um, I don't, I don't know how long they're going to last or how low they'll go. Uh, I knew, I told you, I thought they'd test the low again. Um, And this is on ongoing intermediate term trading range that we will see more volatility and some more decent moves in both directions over the next several months. And I like, I talked about sloppy trading, you know, that type of thing. Um, You know, Currently, the short-term move is lower, with that, and with that comes the potential for a larger correction. Because we're seeing a lot of stocks break down. I mean, lots of them, and uh, a lot of people are are in the consumer staples, high yield securities, which could be proved to be a little bit more stable. You know, if if uh, we keep having the volatility for some of the higher risk stocks, pullbacks of twenty to thirty percent would be normal. Okay, and we're starting to see that. And this is that value versus growth thing I talked to you about. And I looked at the 10-year again, and, and, you know, Bob Dickey said it right. You know, he was looking for two, 2%. two And the trend for interest rates continues to be down. I mean, yesterday's drop, uh, Friday's drop was down to below 2.2, and that's a that's a big uh, support level. So the next low would be two, 2%. Now, here's something that I, I think is really interesting. I was looking through Vanguard's growth fund, and a third of them, Third of the stocks in that growth fund are in bear market territory. Fifty eight percent are in correction territory, meaning they're down ten percent or more. So growth is taking it on the cuff, and we've been talking about that for some time. And uh look, I think we got a lot of potholes out there. And uh, you know, it's spring and you better be careful. That's all I gotta say. I I like I said, I think the, the eventual outcome would be about twenty four thousand or twenty four thousand two hundred maybe. Uh, because we had to go test that low from December. You, you you never have a low of that magnitude without testing again. Also, I think the UK's long and difficult road to Brexit continues. Uh, you know, prime minister Theresa May resigned, uh, you know, so there's, believe me, there's a lot of people talking about Europe breaking up and I don't know what, how, what kind of effect that would have, but I don't think it would be really that great. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. So uh, look, here's, here's what I'd be thinking about. You know, I, I, I I personally think that value is going to overtake growth for a while. And uh, so I'd be looking at value stocks. Uh, If you don't know what those are, I do. That's why they pay me. (laughs) Uh, But the prime income list, the dividend growth list are pretty good ideas. There's some names in the top idea list that I really like. I'm even starting to talk about the ADR list, which is if you don't know what an ADR list is, it's an American depository receipt. So it's a foreign stock that trades here. So you don't have to worry about the dividend tax and all that other stuff. uh, Those are starting to get really kind of cheap, really, really cheap. So uh, that's the areas I would concentrate in. Um, If I was buying fixed income after the bit, you know, like I talked about fixed income at the beginning of the year and I I haven't been talking about it much lately. The municipal bond area has not rallied like the rest of the market has. I don't know why Um, you would think with the new tax bill, uh, it's a little bit harder to escape you know, you don't have the mortgage write off, You people would be buying them. But I tell you, the, the short to intermediate term municipal bonds still look great. They look fantastic. Uh, uh, you know, even CDs I'd probably hold off on for now. So I, I would just step back for a while and just see what happens. Uh, in the meantime, um, you know, start accumulating ideas. Or if you want to have a cup of coffee with me, call me 888 223 7742. Now, That's an 800 number. It's in the hinterlands. Just in case you're in the hinterlands. I'm in downtown Cleveland, but it's 888-223-7742. Have breakfast or coffee sometime in the near future and uh, uh, talk about your portfolio. In the meantime, have a great weekend. And remember, buy low, sell high. This is Tim Hayes with the Smart Investor Show. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888 223 7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.